The world-famous Conservation Canine Camp will next be running in southeast Queensland, Australia, from the 21st to the 25th of August. Join us with your dog to start your journey into conservation detection. Visit padfoot.com.au to book your place today. Hello everyone and welcome to a very special episode of Conservation Canine Podcast. With me I've got today one of the, the rogue detection team's uh, bounders, Colette Yee, and she's here to talk to us about her dog Jack. Now, you may have seen on social media, particularly if you follow rogues or if you follow the podcast, Jack's having a bit of a rough time at the moment, um, but he's also got a stellar um, history of, of helping yeah, helping the planet and uh, helping conservation efforts. And so what we wanted to do in this episode was really talk about Jack, what is the work that he's done, talk about the troubles he's having, and most importantly, talk about what all of you at home listening to this podcast can do to help Jack out. Because from my opinion, you know, he's spent a lot of his time helping us out, you know, in, in terms of the world, and now we've actually got to uh, pay him back. So, Colette. Welcome to the Conservation Canine Podcast. Thanks very much for taking the time to join me. Um, tell me a bit. Tell me all about Jack. So Jack is um, actually my very first detection dog that I got to work with. So we have a very special bond. Um, you know, I tell people that he's pretty much the one that has has taught me, you know, everything I know um, for how to do the conservation detection dog work. And he's just so full of personality. Um, it, it's funny, you know, the more over the years, you know, he's had an opportunity to meet more and more of my friends and and family. And at first, he's he's not one of those dogs that you meet and you just sort of like instantly fall in love with. <laughs> you know, he kind of, you know, he'll, he'll keep his space. Um, he's a little weary of people. But man, once you get to know him, you just see like how intelligent this dog is and how funny he is, his character is, because I mean, he's he's a cattle dog, so he knows what he wants and he makes it known. <laughs> he's not afraid to to communicate exactly what he wants to do. And um, you know, being in the field with him is is kind of exactly that, you know. I it's like we can have almost like conversations going back and forth where I have to kind of bargain with him or convince him that like, I want to go check something out. And then he'll do the same thing where he's like, no, I'm going to stand my ground. I'm telling you, this is, this is the right way to go. And so he's just, he's so much fun to work with because there's, there's so much interaction. There's so much teamwork with him. Um, you know, I, even though I've worked with Jack the most, I've worked with a lot of other dogs in the rogue program and, um, you know, every, every dog works, works differently, but Jack is, is definitely my, my go-to because of just how amazing he is at, at problem solving on his own and, and, um, just kind of that, that feeling of like, yeah, we're, we're a team out here. We're really, we're working together. It's, it's meshing. <laughs> so he was, he's, I hesitate to say the word typical, but he's one of the usual um, style of, of rogue recruits, isn't he? he? So he had a bit of a checkered history. He um, was struggling to find his right uh, place in the world. 
Is that right? Yeah. So it's it's funny. Jack has actually been doing this longer than I have. Um, so as you you probably know, you know we we started with the University of Washington, and um, you know I just I get the story that yeah Jack was in and out of the shelter, um, and actually my friend Susie was there for you know sort of like his intake and pickup, and she tells me that you know when they got to the shelter he had on like three harnesses and six collars. I mean, she's probably exaggerating, but I just think it's so funny because, you know, obviously he, he didn't want to be there. And I immediately when I met the dog, I mean, I, I saw that kind of that, like, Oh, I know how to, I know how to get out of here and kind of, you know, do things I'm probably not supposed to. So, um, you know, my, one of my very first walks with him, you know, he, backs out of his harness and it takes him half a second and he's because he wants to go do something else not the direction that I'm going and um, I was like oh yeah well now that makes sense why the the shelter had to take so many precautions for this dog that wanted to do his own thing Um, because I mean yeah sure he was um, like I said you know weary of people I'm sure he did not do well in a shelter in a kennel um, you know, being a, being a blue healer, he just needed that, that mental stimulation, especially just for a dog that that's smart. I can't, I can't imagine him, what his life would have been like, you know, had he not come into the program with us. Sure. So so tell me about what what sort of work has he done? What projects has Jack been involved in? Um, Well, our our very first project um, was in Northeast Washington is um, a a carnivore study, mostly focusing on wolves in the area. Uh, But, you know, one of the projects that I think he's probably a little bit more known for is the whale work in the San Juan Islands. Um, So that was a project that, you know, him and I took on also um, my first year doing this work. And I just remember thinking like, oh, no, this is going to be so hard. I don't know how we're going to do this. Is it's seems like a whole different level of of doing the the detection work. Um, you know, obviously because you're on a boat and you have um, you know wildlife that's actually present around you, and you have scat that's moving. And so Heath was like, okay. Well, Jack's never done the project before, but since you two are working so well together, you know, like, what do you think about, you know, both of you going in new to this? And it's like, yeah, I mean, there's nobody else I would, I would rather go with to try and figure this out with than, you know, the dog who is the problem solver and who is, you know, so willing and able to communicate with me, um, you know, what he wants to do. So yeah, the, the, Killer whale work in the San Juan Islands is it's it's a long project that's been going. Um, and the dog that took over, you know, she's amazing. But it's one of those studies that just, you know, it it, it garners a lot of attention because it does have a, a really big impact on, you know, not just the wildlife, but the the community around there because the killer whales are are, you know, so loved by um you know, the native community in the area. And obviously even just, I think people around the world kind of, kind of flock to them and, and the scat work just provides 
a, a plethora of information, you know, on how the population is doing. It's a really good way to, to monitor them, um, especially in these long-term studies where you can kind of see how they're doing year after year. You know, it's kind of like your, your annual physical, essentially, for these whales. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that was an incredible way to, again, you know, learn from Jack and, and kind of build that, build up that teamwork even more because, you know, now it's harder. <laughs> now it's harder because we're on the water and we, we really have to be able to, to work as a team in that one. Um, you know, Jack has also done a lot of bird and bat mortality projects on various wind farms. Um, we also did, you know, some time in a couple of states for, for Hawk Watch looking for, for raptor fatalities as well. And that's a really important one to figure out, you know, what is really a huge threat to, um, you know, our large birds, you know, are they getting hit on the side of roads from um, coming down to, to pick up roadkill? Uh, same with the, the, the wind facilities, you know, are there certain uh, sizes and types of, of, wind turbines that are causing more fatalities, um, their location, you know, whether they're kind of more in a hill or how they're placed. Uh, but one of my, I guess, sort of like favorite projects, um, one that I often, you know, refer back to as, as a time that I feel like things really clicked with me and Jack and that we had kind of um, reached even, you know, this was, a couple years into my career with him, but, you know, we're still continuously to learn like how to work together and how to do things better. And um, so one of the projects that I, that often comes to mind is our bat work because it was something that again was so very new, felt very high stakes because Jack and I would have to travel um, long distances together and, and really have to prove and, and show people that like this is a really good method and seeing Jack um, you know our first study doing bats was in Mount Rainier National Park and um, that came with its own challenges with having to you know work in a park that's very popular with people everywhere they were kind of at a loss of where to find uh, bat hibernacula and seeing him kind of learn, you know, okay, we're, you know, we have to check things that are underground, you know, cause bats will kind of like go into these little rock crevices and all these funny places that are, are tough. And then also, you know, checking up into trees, something that, you know, he hasn't had to do before with, um, you know, looking for wolf scat. It's not going to be up in a roosting in a tree. <laughs> um, so yeah, all of that was just so, so incredible to to see him pick up on and when we went out to Alaska to work for their department of fishing game to do bat work as well uh, you know we we struggled we struggled a lot with the the terrain was just so steep and so dense and we we were having trouble like figuring it out we're like okay we've been here for a few days jack isn't you know picking it up. So obviously we're doing something wrong because we're not able to communicate with him, you know, what we're looking for. And then we kind of had to take a, a leap of faith and, and advocate for him and say like, Hey, it's, it's expensive and it's a lot to commit to, but we need to 
take a helicopter out to this remote island that we know has a really high density of of bats out there to get him his hot spot work and and really get him immersed into the the habitat and you know they they believed in us we went and the first time he he found a, a site that was just I mean, it, it must have been loaded with odor because you literally see, you know, that like light go off, like that spark in their eye, like, okay, like, I get it. This is it. And, you know, the, in Alaska, the Department of Fish and Game had spent a lot of years trying to monitor bats and find um, hibernacula. And it's so labor intensive and, and hard, you know, you're, you're catching bats in nets, you're putting tags on them, you're following them in planes and driving around with um, acoustic monitoring equipment. And in the the month or two that we were there, um, he, I mean, he just found so much information, you know, scat galore, um, places that we were able to set up cameras. And the I think the coolest site that we had, you know, he had this spot where we would mark it in chalk of like, okay, this is the spot on the rock that he's indicating to. Cause um, when we're looking for bat hibernacula, you know, it's not, it's not always something physical. There isn't always scat there. Um, you're just kind of going off of your gut and, and trusting your dog a hundred percent. And we would draw this circle and put the camera on it. And I remember us sitting there a few days later, looking at the, um, the film and what it got. Cause we, you know, we would even pack in laptops and everything to the field and seeing a bat sort of like literally like land on it, like a bullseye. And it was so satisfying and so exciting to see that like, yeah, this is going to be great. There's going to be some incredible data pulled out of this. So yeah, he's a rock star. I can probably go on forever. <laughs> <laughs> we, we always can, but no, he, he sounds absolutely awesome. So Moving, moving on then, why does Jack need our help? Let's uh, let us talk a little bit about that. Uh, the not fun stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so about a year ago, actually, yeah, I guess over a year ago, um, he was diagnosed with African gland um, anal sac adenocarcinoma, which has a really high metastasis rate. And... Um, you know, we, we kind of knew that after the diagnosis, because unfortunately like, we have had a dog um, in the past in Rogue have this exact same condition. And, um, you know, we got him into surgery fairly quickly, but, and he seemed healthy for, for many months. Um, and then, you know, after getting his sort of regular checkups, we saw that it had metastasized to um, lymph nodes in his abdomen, in his sublumbar region. And so it's been kind of a, a more difficult um, battle since then. And, uh, you know, luckily, you know, we've been so lucky to have, you know, so much support from everyone at Rogue. And, and now with this kind of last push for treatment that we're going for is, um, definitely a bit more aggressive. And so the costs have really just started to pile up. So we just had his surgery to get the masses removed um, a couple of weeks ago, and he is on chemotherapy. And as kind of this last little 
effort to see if we can really stop it in his tracks is to do radiation. And we have never explored radiation with our other dogs so far. And um, yeah, it's been uh, quite difficult to to try and, um, I guess, get through this together. Mm-hmm. You know, one, obviously, emotionally, um, and just how exhausting it is, the, the care. I think a lot of people don't know how much um, time and, and energy it takes to care for a, a really sick dog. Um, and how is he in, in, in himself? I mean, so so how does it, how does he look now? How does it manifest all that treatment? Uh, you know, the funny thing is, and the, the good thing is, you know, his doctors keep telling me like, yeah, I don't think he really knows he's sick. So I'm incredibly grateful for that because, um, you know, except for coming immediately out of surgery with all of the uh, care there, the rest of the time he's you know, acting like his normal self. He's dropping toys on my head in the middle of the night because he wants to get out and do things. Um, he has the same big appetite he always has. So, yeah, I mean, we've been so lucky that it doesn't seem to affect him. Um, you know, especially that the way that we've we've seen in some of our our older dogs that have have dealt with some pretty severe illnesses. Yeah. So, as you said, I mean, a, a pretty, pretty horrible thing he's going through, and and this is why we wanted to do this this episode, everyone. We really wanted to uh, to harness the power of the the listenership behind, um, yeah, behind Jack, um, and to kind of explain certainly where where I met on this, you know, to everyone listening. We produce this podcast for nothing, okay? This is an educational educational resource, you know, for the conservation dog industry. Yeah, myself and all of our guests get nothing out of our time and effort in doing this. And I think you'll all agree that everyone we've had in this show, you know, has been so generous with their time, their expertise. And we're in an amazing profession in that it is, really is um, – identified or is notable for the amount of knowledge sharing and a lot of the amount of help that everyone's prepared to provide to each other. So I want to put a call of to action out um, to to all the listenership here. The fundraising that um, Colin has started for Jack's recovery, which is on GoFundMe, um, and I think it's called Give Back to Jack. You can search it up on there, but there's plenty of links we can share to you as well. Um, she's about a third I think you know, through raising her target of $30,000 for, for Jack's treatment. So obviously, you know, I'm sure Colette will thank you. Yeah, will join me in thanking everyone who has already donated, you know, to the cause. I mean, it's, that, that's a great effort, but we need to get that other two thirds in place. Based on the listenership of this podcast, and I've done some, uh, so I've scribbled some numbers on the back of an envelope. So. I don't know how accurate these are, but anyway, um, I hope they are. My basic math surely is good enough. Um, if everyone who's listening to this would be able to donate $25 yeah, to Jack's Recovery, we would reach the target you know, for, for the GoFundMe campaign. So I really, really would ask everyone listening to this, everyone who's enjoyed the podcast, anyone who's found value from our guests, you know, particularly the guys you know, from the rest of the Rogue team and so on, Please, you know, if you can avoid having, you know, 
a couple of cappuccinos, you know, or something like that this week and then actually make that donation to help Jack out. Um, that would be a really, really good thing for you guys to do. Okay. Um, obviously, all the links for that, we will plaster everywhere. So if you're watching this on YouTube, it's on the bottom of the screen. Um, we will also put it on the Conservation Canine Podcast Facebook page. You can also find it on the Road Detection Team's Facebook page. You know, you can go, you can get it by just emailing me directly or rogues directly or, or anything, you know, or just frankly, go to, go to GoFundMe.com and search for Give Back to Jack and uh, you should be able to find it. Colette, anything you wanted to add to that? Um, yeah, I mean, I just want to thank everybody for the incredible support so far. You know, I was um, really going back and forth about even reaching out to people. You know, I mean, it's most people know how hard it is to ask for help, um, but it's really been so incredibly heartwarming, you know, getting all of these messages of well wishes for Jack. And, um, you know, I didn't really expect the support to come from so many places. Um, it's been incredible to, you know, c- connect with other people, um, you know, in the business from around the world, essentially, who have uh, been reaching out and, and donating and, um, you know, sharing stories of their dogs. And yeah, it's been uh, incredible and I'm I'm so grateful for for all the support so far. Great. Thanks, Colette. So look, just a reminder everyone, gofundme.com, give back to Jack. Twenty five bucks each. If everyone can do that, we can get Jack the treatment that he needs and deserves. Okay. Um from the bottom of my heart and the bottom of Colette's heart and everyone else at Rogues and everyone else around the world, I'm sure. Look, we wish Jack all the best. Um, you know, please keep us up to date on his progress. Please give him cuddles and plays, you know, from all of us. And, uh, yeah, and we uh, we really, really hope that he's able to pull through this with, um, with your help and, and with our help. Thank you, James. Thank you for listening to the Conservation Canine Podcast. If you've enjoyed the show, please like, share and subscribe wherever you find us.